Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak. Because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge. Quality matters. Performance counts. Shen Gear. Waterfowl gear that is built better. And Benelli USA. Dominate the skies. Bottomland is Mossy Oak's original camel pattern created by Toxie Hayes over three decades ago. This pattern preserves the original design while applying advanced technology for increased effectiveness. The same field-proven components and colors, the same dirt and bark elements, the same ability to blend into dark environments and obscure a hunter's outline from every angle. Mossy Oak Bottomland. There's no reason why I will not be able to hunt turkeys for another 40 years. It has become plain to me recently that sometime in my late 70s I may have to give up fall hunting. At the rate the hills are steepening lately, they will be perpendicular by then, and the late 70s is no time to be taking up rock climbing. But I have met several old gentlemen in their 80s who are as deadly in the spring as ever, and I hope to become one of them. The first turkey that ever came to me on the ground did it a long time ago. I sat there with my hands shaking and my breath short and my heart hammering so hard I could not understand why he couldn't hear it. The last turkey that came to me last spring had exactly the same effect, and the day that this does not happen to me is the day that I quit. The last one that ever does come to me will call forth the same emotion that the second one did. I will sit there waiting, gun up and heart thundering, and say to myself what I've said on every single occasion since the second one, I'm glad I live to see it one more time. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's up, buddy? Man. (laughs) (laughs) We're the king of awkward (laughs) intros. Jeez, it's not gotten any better. Uh, (laughs) Hey, this is going to be a pretty cool one today. Um, we've got our old buddy, Rob Kenny joining us from his, uh, illustrious and elaborate office. I don't know what I was expecting when I saw your office, but it would have made me feel a little better if it was like all white walls, nothing decorated <laughs> and didn't look homey. But I mean, you're tucked in. It looks like a, looks like a lodge. I mean, yeah, that's and awesome. it's comfortable. Uh, first thing, first thing I did was come in and pull out the fluorescent light bulbs. Got a little vibe going on. I've got, you know, people who come in and. They'll come hang out in my office for a little bit, get a little sleepy, and then go yeah, back. Rob and- is Rob is infamous for having to have the appropriate lighting. When we officed in the barn during the summer oh, yeah. of 2022, I had these nice windows and a nice porch, and every day I'd come in, Rob would have like coroplast across the windows or black <laughs> curtains. Him and RT would be looking in the dark, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and they were like, leave us alone. Call focus, yeah, there. yeah. That's right. Oh. You got to see how it is. Well, it feels very photographer of you. You got to have the lighting just right, even when you're not taking pictures. That's right. That's right. It's exactly right. But well, you so, guys, for sure. I don't mean to hijack the hijack the podcast, but you know, miss being with my guys at Rolling Thunder and all of y'all's. But it's been fun to keep up, and 
um, be a cheerleader for y'all here in West Point. Man, I feel the same way. We feel the same way about you, Rob. You're kind of like – we feel like a bunch of guys in the minor leagues that saw their buddy get drafted to the big leagues, yep. and he's he's batting fourth, you know, for mm-hmm. the cards or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely been fun, but it's You've, not uh, all that. You've you've done a lot of cool stuff in the last year and a half of your life between the things you did here with us and the things you did at Mossy Oak. I mean, when they when they create a media hall of fame, like there's gonna be a <laughs> there's gonna be a twenty four month stretch or like like that's a heater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a heater. We're I, you know, I hope I'm not heading into the all star break and then going into a slump. But you know, it it's been fun. I mean, to to be able to see and do a lot of the things that you trusted me to do at Rolling Thunder and then um to be able to make a, a family play that has turned out so well for my girls. Yeah. Um and then another girl coming, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, another girl coming in October. Congratulations. Um, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's exciting. But, you know, to come in right as Companions was launching, right as all the Fox Fest stuff was was happening. And it's been fun. And the, the Companion stuff continues to grow. We just launched our right shirt, um, which is one of the coolest. I'm super biased, but it is a bad shirt. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's, I'm it's embarrassed. I was turkey hunting in Michigan and didn't buy one fast enough, and they were my size was sold out in the bottomland before I could. I was in the midst uh, of killing a turkey when the text came through, and I went from you, I went from this is cool. I got to order one of these to celebrate, and then I was like, oh, the next time I got on there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time I'll try to look out better. Do you need a medium? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. medium. <laughs> medium jeez this where, is a family where it is friendly a sports broadcast bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right oh all right well enough about things that you've done recently because we've promised everybody for going on seven months that we would do a farewell rob podcast and we're going to do a farewell rob podcast at some point in time mm-hmm. but we're not going to do it today because right. today Sorry. we have the privilege of hearing the incredible story of the turkey that miraculously died. You know, they have like the immaculate reception or whatever it's called in football. They're just the miraculous. Like, I feel like this is the equivalent of that in the turkey hunting world. The immaculate decapitation. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. But uh, you had the privilege, what, a little over a week ago of uh, joining Colonel Tom Kelly, the author of the 10th Legion, you know, a hero to so many of us, somebody that was so formative in the way that a lot of us think about turkey hunting in its most pure form. And, um, um, geez, like I felt privileged to get my picture made with my kids with him a couple of years ago at <laughs> WTF and spent the morning in the woods with him. And, um, I want you to tell us all about it, man. It was, uh, so I guess sometime in, after NWTF, Daniel had had mentioned, um, he said, hey, we've got something pretty cool. Um, we're not going to be talking about it yet. I mean, it's quiet, but, um, you know, would you be free at the end of April to take pictures? <laughs> exactly. Would you be free? Uh, does your schedule allow uh, for you to take some pictures at the end of April? We're going to we're going to see if we can get Colonel Tom on a bird. <laughs> 
And there was like the briefest pause. And I said, well, yeah, like I'm in. <laughs> and uh, even if man, it, my just, schedule doesn't allow it, it's gonna. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely, and I'll see. Um, no, but you know, I, my, first of all, I was just really honored to, to be thought well enough of to do something like that. But um, this is a process that really, you know, has been a multi-year kind of thing. I mean, going back to the Turkey camp that they had two years ago uh, with, Colonel Tom and Mr. Fox where, you know, they had some, some close scrapes, but, but couldn't seal the deal, but Mm -hmm. that's not what the camp will be known for that, that particular one back in 2020, it'll be known for getting two Turkey legends together at the same place who hadn't been before the, you know, and all the parallels, right. Growing up in their life between being from mobile in that area, but having never, hunted together, which when I heard that, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I just kind of assumed that they had hunted together their whole lives basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so through that, um, Daniel got to know Laura, his daughter. Um, and you know, Laura has, uh, she's his only child, um, and didn't have any other, other children. And she's got two youngsters that are going off to college. Um, and, so I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it, but there was just really nobody else that was able to take Tom hunting. Sure. Um, and in the last two years, you know, his health's been good, but, um, but that's a project. Had, I mean, taking a 90 year old. Yeah. I mean, it's a hunting, you know, to the store is a project, much less hunting, you know, a hundred percent. And so, um, he, he, uh, Daniel had gotten to know Laura well and, and kind of earned her trust. And, um, you know, sometime earlier this year, uh, I guess around March or February or March, it kind of became apparent that, hey, we made it to another turkey season, kind of as Daniel said on on the Fistful of Dirt podcast, but we made it to another turkey season. Do you think he can do it? Do you think he can go? Um, and would you trust us to take him? And it came together and she said yes, but, you know, she lives up in, uh, up in the D.C. area. Okay. So it wasn't like we were going to be hauling them down to Mississippi or, or some other place. So it was, it was kind of hard to figure out where, where we were going to go. And so Daniel reached out to, you know, somebody who I've heard it said that if, if you wanted to, you know, if your life depended on it and you needed to kill a Turkey, Keith thought and uh, reached out to Keith and he's from Virginia and knows that area well. And he reached out to Keith and he, he just went to work. And yeah. I, I've only recently met Keith, and uh, only in the short period of time rather, of knowing them, rather intense individual. My gosh, um, <laughs> and it's it's a it's an infectious intensity too, yeah. though. I mean, you know, I wasn't wearing a heart rate monitor, but I imagine mine would be sounding like uh, <laughs> Mr. Bobby's up in up in Canada yeah. going off. You know, That's just right. being near him. But um, but so Keith went to work and really. And if I'm going too fast or you want to dive in on something, just stop me. I do want to ask you a couple quick questions. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to get yeah, all yeah. the details. So how old is Mr. is Colonel Tom? That's a great, yeah. So Colonel Tom is 95, going on 96, okay. maybe by the time this episode airs. Um, so he's just right there. And where does he live? So he lives up in the D.C. area. Okay. okay. Um, and his daughter, Laura, um, is just – if you ever have the pleasure to meet her, she's just the kindest, sweetest woman. And, um, she's been taking care of him up there and, and, and he, he's moved close and, um, yeah, that, that just allows them to be able to be together. So, and Kyle and Keith, both of the Ott brothers 
are yeah. not too far out of the DC area, right? No, no. My my understanding is that they actually both work in DC. Yeah, um, well, I think they both work for like, you know, some sort of top secret. I mean, yeah. consulting. consulting. Yeah. I think they wiretap and like Acme, waterboard, yeah, like, and I think they do all kinds of different things. They, they keep us safe. It's basically all I understand. Well, it's, no wonder one of these things where forty-nine states. He gets to get all the yeah, intel information yeah. like that. It's one of these things where, um, you know, basically when I heard a little bit loosely about what they did and no more was added, I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay. every time I was I've like, made a joke, Keith's like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay. it's, it's one of those, one of those <laughs> things where I just think for my own safety, it's just better. I don't know anything. more than I, do. I told um, Kyle, I asked Kyle one time if he, uh, if he had access to like a government satellite that he could, you know, start, you know, locating gobblers he didn't think it was very funny so i don't know if he actually does have access to something like this or if that was just offensive but no those are great guys and and they've been friends of ours for several years and uh yeah i really i I like them both they they do it the right way and for the Mm -hmm. right reasons and um when you're when you share a place with somebody that appreciates the dna of it you know at that level it's pretty cool and, uh, well, and it's just the, the relentless passion for it. Mm-hmm. And um, people who've, who've kind of, there's like that, that Luke's Luke Combs song. I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing this. Exactly. And, and I, he is of that, like the doc, doc Weddle and those kind of guys who yep. that um, if there weren't cameras and if they weren't choosing to do this as part of their, their job and their livelihood, exactly. um, I still think that they would be out there sleeping in a suburban somewhere trying to kill a turkey. Absolutely. Percent. There's no doubt. And, um, <laughs> and and for somebody like me who, you know, I haven't turkey hunted long, um, and I'll kind of get to that too is kind of part of my story in this, but I haven't turkey hunted long. So being around those kinds of guys is is really a pri- a huge privilege. I mean, being able to hunt with with you and with Boozer and with Scott and the opera, you know, just kind of just seeing the different mm-hmm. the styles and the way they do it and and just how they how they scout and how they comport themselves and mm-hmm. just you know, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and he, and he, uh, and we were there with uh, Stephen Spurlock as well. So we had the full, the full cast of characters. All right. So was, to, to lay the groundwork, you've got 95 yeah. year old Colonel Tom. Yeah. Um, and uh, who's, by the way, if you've never listened to Colonel Tom, oh my talk, goodness. I mean, just as a side note, I mean, his, his Southern accent is only rivaled by Mr. Fox Hayes. <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. It, it's it's unbelievable. one of those, it's like Tombo, it, uh, Scott yes. Rhodes' dad. It's just uh, Miss Dick O'Farrell, if you're, an, if you're an alpine camper, um, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. He had one of those voices yeah. where you just, you could have them read a dinner menu yeah. and you're hanging on every word. Yeah. And it's one of those things. But yeah. Liz's mother, Ann Nelson, she mm. was the same way. She's not with us anymore, but... Yeah. Shoo, um, shoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and so, if you've never listened of, to Tom Kelly talk, go buy the audiobook of the yeah. 10th Legion and listen to yeah, it. That's go buy exactly the audiobook. Oh my gosh, and um, captivating Re- reading it is good, but but seriously, listening to him read it is better. And oh, and the audio is perfect too. Because yeah, if you listen to the 10th Legion, there's places where. Yeah, you know, you can hear people laughing in the background. Yeah. You can hear the glass jingling, and you can the, hear him swallowing. His mouth gets dry. Yeah. He's got to get some drink of water. I mean, it's so real, but it's it's yeah. great because he just he never messes up on the way the sentences mm-hmm. are written because he nope. wrote those bad boys. He knows yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, uh, and so, um, right, but so anyway, I was, so, I was trying to get you to lay the groundwork so you got. Yeah, a I'll lay it out. So, 
we get up there. So we've got, so I'm, I guess the night before, um, you know, I flew in, Daniel flew in, we rode over together. Uh, Keith and Kyle and Steven um, have already, you know, they've got camp rolling and, and they're, and they're ready to go. And about a half hour that we show up, uh, here comes Laura and, and Tom and Tom's got a grin on his face the second he pulls in the gate. And that was just, I don't know. I, I don't want to lionize somebody too much, but at the same time, there is a certain gravitas that someone of his age and his ilk has that when they show up, you know, you just, you listen mm-hmm. and you're just excited. And so, you know, um, something we didn't find out until, um, I think he was already with us is, you know, earlier this year or last year, he had a, a stroke, a mini stroke and a heart attack as well. And so his, Health has you wouldn't have known it from the video that that he that was post played at NWTF, but you know his his steadiness has wasn't quite as good as it was. So he was on a walker, and so he gets out, and you know this is this is just the little moments that'll just kind of like give you these little make your nose sting a little bit. But you know he gets out, and you've got you know Daniel and and Keith getting him out of the car and he's laughing and talking and he's got his walker and, and then he's just, he's just going. And so he's going down this little hill and we get him inside and I'm picking up the front of his walker into the house. I mean, like this is a full on full court press. Like we're going to make this happen. And, um, but it was just awesome. Just the, just to see the way that all the guys respected and treated him, And, um, and just, you know, basically we got him in a comfortable chair and we just sat down and talked and just listened to as many stories as he'd be willing to tell. And so it was just fun to hear his stories and, uh, you know, him talking about his war days. And of course me being a, a history buff and not knowing when not to talk, I'm like, so tell me about, you know, whatever. <laughs> and found out he was a tail gunner in a, a dive bomber during world war two. Oh, wow. Yeah, talk and I was like, "What did a dive feel like?" He said, "Well, you didn't have much of a choice. You just kind of sat there and and grinned and yeah." Sat, yeah. And wow. I, this last last little thing I'll tell about this, but I asked him. I said, "How did you? Could you shoot the tail off like the way this this bet this turret sat? It would go right in front of like Indiana Jones style, like right across the tail." And he said, it, "Son, it was considered poor form <laughs> to shoot the tail off." <laughs> Wow. Anyway, but um, so that night we we go down and it's just an anxious feeling. You sure. know, everybody knows exactly what's happening in the morning, but as soon as it gets dark, that's when everybody gets just, you know, that's just when all the nerves just ratchet up. And mm-hmm. He went to bed and, you know, I'm sleeping. Of course, you know me and sleep. Um, I've already slept through one hunt with Bobby this year, so that's a different story. But, oh, yeah, yeah, it congratulations. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I, I was just sleeping in a love seat, like folded up in this love seat, like right basically his, his door to their bedroom's over here, and I'm in the hallway just off and because um, I'm not missing this one. I didn't want somebody to be like, I can't find Rob. I, I knew Keith was intense. He might've left me, you know, I just didn't know. <laughs> That's totally something they would have done. Because he would have. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. if it was, if we Steven, had to leave got the house. This. <laughs> yeah. And if he had to leave the house at 4.30 and it was 4.31 and a half and I wasn't like sitting in the back seat of the truck, that thing would have moved. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but like the whole night, you know, just, you know, the nerves were still there just cause you know, he was up and down a lot. And, you know, I was just, 
I, every time he'd get up, I'd be like, Lord, please just keep him set, you know, just because it's an unfamiliar place and, you know, just very real thoughts of just wanting to take care of a guy who's in sure. our, who's in our care. And Laura's yeah. there and man, she's sleeping on the floor next to him, like taking care of him. Like this is just an emotional, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Keith gets there early, makes breakfast. He's with Daniel. I'm kind of like semi-conscious during parts of, I can hear whispered conversations and I realize I'm not in them right now and that's fine. And, uh, so, but we get out there and the, the stoke is just as high as you'd expect, but you know, tension's so thick, you can just cut it with a knife and, um, we get out and, and set them up. And so basically the, the layout of the, the, the hunt itself is you've got the Colonel and he's in a, he's on a, he's on the ground and he didn't want to sit in a blind and we made like a limb blind. Right. But he didn't want to, he didn't want to sit in a blind. He didn't want to use a tripod or shooting sticks or anything. So he's there and then Keith sitting next to him and then Laura sitting behind him and then kind of probably a hundred yards off to their right are, are Daniel and, and Kyle and then probably another 150 200 yards past that, um, what we thought was well and out of the way was me and Spurlock kind of in our own pop-up blind. So we could film what we could maybe take pictures of what we could maybe, but, um, Lord, I did not want to be the one to stick my camera lens out early and spook a Turkey. You know, I was not going to be the guy, the pariah who (laughs) spooked Colonel Tom's Turkey. Right. Um, seven, seven deep. Is that right? Yeah. Stret, seven deep, but spread seven, out. That's a lot. Just seven yeah, we were, is a lot. That's a lot spread for a duck hunt. <laughs> together. I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter. Seven's a lot. Yeah. There was, there was, yeah, I was stressed. And, and it's um, my understanding, give me some color here. It's my yeah. understanding that basically Keith devoted his season to baby. Thank you. I'm so turkeys. sorry. I would right? have, I would have missed that detail. Yes. No, no, it's it, okay. I did. Go ahead. You can uh, flesh you. that out. So, um, yeah, I mean, Keith, I mean, if, and I've, like I said, I've only known him for a short period of time, but for as driven a person as he is, he basically devoted the first part of his entire spring to keeping an eye on these turkeys. Yeah. And for the better part of six weeks, um, he's every single morning, every single night, he was out there. Wow. So he, drive, he was driving 45 minutes each way. So an hour and a half, twice a day, just keeping an eye on these birds. Jeez, and just amazing. Um, that that just goes to the, you know, somebody might see, oh, Tur- Colonel Tom killed a turkey, and that's that's you know, and if, if they don't think anything else past that, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's still wonderful. But the individuals like Daniel and Neil and everybody doing all the planning with the Op Brothers and just the attention to detail and drive that that Keith had to be mm-hmm. watching the birds. And then, of course, two days later, two days before the hunt, they changed up their schedule. Mm. And they started doing different stuff. Which usually then, happens about the end of April. Yeah. <laughs> right. So two or days right later, they started. You're fixing to do something about it. Yeah. They started doing turkey things. And then, not to mention, um, you know, like three or four days before the hunt, um, Laura called Daniel and was like, Saturday morning is going to be the only day. Saturday is going to be the only day that dad's got to hunt. So here we thought we had a whole weekend. Um, Okay. So like, okay, we could probably do it on Saturday. 
And then we get a weather forecast that says the rain's starting at 11 or noon on Saturday. So we're like, okay, here we are, seven people deep. We've got a few hours to get this 96-year-old man <laughs> who's a legend in all of our eyes, a turkey. And the the amount of prayers that were said in, in all manner um, <laughs> were, you know, incalculable. But so we get out there and, um, you know, they get set up. We walk, we huff it in, get set up. And I'm just like, I'm like, I've got a chair and I'm like trying to make sure that there's not a thing on this thing that makes noise and everything, you know, and I'm okay. I'm ready. I'm good. Turkeys start gobbling, but the ones that we thought were going to come to us ended up going, ended up flying off and going a different direction. So it got kind of, but on the roost, what what were y'all 150, 200 yards? Something. Yeah. Something like that. So so, so at gobble time, y'all were in play. I mean, it was, yeah, we were in play right away and they just kind of, did turkey stuff and, and did it their own way. And um, I learned, so if, if you can imagine, they're at the, they're at the base in a lower part of this, this, uh, this woods, this field edge. Mm-hmm. And then we're up at the top of this hill, 300 yards away. And we, we probably gain 30 feet of elevation on them. So we're right at this hill crest. And so the whole morning, Stephen and I could hear this goblin really well off to our right. And me just not knowing what the plan was a hundred percent thought it was just the script was just, this is it. It's happening. And, and it, Daniel gives some more details on it on the fistful of dirt and in only a way that he can say it. But basically about by about seven o'clock, um, Colonel Tom couldn't hear any of the turkeys and just wasn't feeling great. So he was pretty much ready to call it. And, mm-hmm. you know, respectfully, we were going to, we were going to kind of go with that, but, you know, Keith and Laura talked to him and said, you know, if we can stick it out a little bit more and Keith goes over to Daniel and is, is talking to Daniel and we can hear these turkeys gobbling off in the distance. So we're like, okay, maybe, maybe we can make a move on them and set up for a mid morning something. Well, just then, this one turkey gobbles, and granted, I'm 150 yards closer, and it was the one of the loudest gobbles I'd ever heard in my entire life. And the way Daniel says it is he turned around to say something to Keith, and it was just dust. And Keith was already running back to, like, dive into the blind with, yeah. with, with Colonel Tom and Laura. And then what proceeded to happen is one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen in my entire life. These turkeys just came up and just hammering, hammering, hammering. They were off to our shoulder, so I could look through a little crack in the blind that I was in, and then they come up, and it's the first time I'd ever heard drumming was mm. his turkeys. I'd never heard it, and I was so mad that I'd never heard it, and then all of a sudden I heard it for the first time, and I was like, that's Jeez. it. That's and a God right the, there. I remember the first time I heard a turkey drum. <laughs> but but I'd never heard it, awesome. and that, that was the first time I'd heard it. And then all of a sudden they gobble and it's like in my hip pocket and Steven. So we thought we were way, way out of the way. But and you then here comes between turkey. Tom and the bird. Yeah. They walked 15 steps in front of us. And, <laughs> oh and we're both like looking, we're both like looking Close through our eyes, fingers, like breath. just <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm, pr- and you could probably hear it. Steven filmed some of it, but you could probably hear me saying, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, <laughs> like, please don't let him see me. Don't let him hear me. 
And so they walk. I guess y'all were behind. Y'all were y'all had Tom in between you and the original set of turkeys that were roosted, yep. and these turkeys yep. came from the other side of y'all. So That's right. Now, yeah. now it was the roles were reversed, and exactly. Tom was in so the back they had to, and y'all were in the middle. Right. So what these turkeys ended up doing was like this, just very dramatic procession from the back of the sanctuary, all past all the people up to the front. Jeez. And, they had they had to go past the two of us, and then Daniel and and Kyle, and then another hundred yards up and into gun range of Tom. And so, how far are you and Stephen from Colonel Tom? We're about probably about three hundred yards. Like we're we're a piece. Wow. Yeah. I, at least in my head, it felt like that. I mean, maybe it was a little shorter, but we weren't. We could see him, and um, you know, I'd have. Had a 300 millimeter lens on it and you know, it will, but anyway, so like it was close. Um, and so, but these turkeys walk within 15 steps of us mm. and it was beautiful backlit the sun and I'm, and these heads are just glowing. I'm like, what is happening? And, um, I finally get enough courage to say, okay, they're past me. I can start taking some pictures. And so I was, and they move and they're gobbling and they're walking and they're just making their merry way. And then one of them picks their head up and I'm going, no way. Like, no, this Heart didn't happen. Stops it's, in his tracks. it's like, there's no way it saw me first of all, cause it was so far and I was so well hidden, but still that glimmer of that's it. This is what I'm known for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, anyway, a crow went off and it made both turkeys gobble. And when that happened, they just, they just hit Relaxed. a gear. Yeah. They just hit a gear and relaxed and just went straight down into gun range and to watch it just all happen. And just, and then you can just kind of tell you're like, Oh, he's almost there. He's almost there. Okay. He's in it. He's in it. He's in gun range. Like what's going to happen. What's going to happen. And, and like my heart's just pounding. I'm just trying to take pictures. And so what was happening inside of the blind was that, um, so Tom couldn't quite see him at first. And then he saw him and there's a video that, um, that may or may not be out there, um, but that that Keith took, and you could see him kind of being a little shaky and kind of looking. And then the second he sees the bird, like his countenance just—it's like everything that 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 he once was and is, and you know, just locked in. And he and the bird gets in, and he just and he drew on this turkey. It wasn't on his knee. Mm. It wasn't on anything else. He had it. He got in his lap, and when. And when Keith says, okay, it's time, you know, Tom shoulders the gun and it is just rock solid, just rock solid. There's no barrel with my barrel weighs more than that. Like <laughs> he was just rock solid and was able to put a shot on him. And it was just no mm. doubt about it. Mm. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't have to run it down and jump on. I mean, it was the most no doubt about it shot that I've seen in a minute. And mm. It was awesome. And then just what ensued was just bedlam. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you know, Steve and I are like rolling the blinds down the hill because we can't get the daggum doors open fast enough. I'm Daniel hauls off at it where he's hidden. He's holding the turkey. And 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 Daniel puts like a Brian Erlacher like <laughs> tackle on uh on Keith and you know they make it back I'm running down get intercepted by Kyle and it's just the amount just the the awe of the moment um you know in a 
in a short little two hour period from getting out there to getting to getting set up just when every breath felt significant. It's been a minute since probably since like the birth of Fran where just this very crowded moment where just like everything is intense, everything matters. You know, it was just very, very special to, to see that. And then, you know, to see Laura standing over, you know, him patting him on the shoulders with that Turkey in his lap and, um, just the hugging and this, the, the, I mean, crying, I mean, you want to talk about crying. I mean, it was just, it was just awesome, you know, and, um, it was just incredibly intensely special. So, That's but to sit there and yeah, I mean, just, to, um, but you know, to be taking pictures in a moment like that is, you know, there's a, there's a part of you that of course you're very, you know, proud to be able to do something like that. But there's also this part of you that feels like you're being there is indecent. Um, so it's, it's, um, there's this fine line that you have to, that you have to find as a photographer to know, like what's, what's important for history, what's important for the family. Cause I've had to play that with y'all too, of like moments that will never go on Instagram, but I'll send it to you of a private moment with you and your dad or, you know, something of like, you know, so this is appropriate for history. This is appropriate for the family. And this is just for the people who were there. And, um, you know, there was this, there was this, that moment for me was like, you know, just Tommy smiling, he's talking and he's just, he's looking at, he's holding this Turkey's head and looking at it. And it's, it's, it's as if, you know, when a, when a kid kills his first Turkey, or the first turkey he's seen, mm. he's holding that thing and he's looking at it. He's looking at every bump, every hair. Mm-hmm. He's just fascinated by it. Right. And it was the same sort of Marvel. sense of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that Ugh. sense of wonder that, that, um, is just, he hasn't lost and that is all still there. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, there aren't any pictures of that, but that was just a really cool thing to, um, what, what were his, I'm assuming y'all sat for a few minutes and kind of reflected and all that, but yeah. I, but I'm also assuming that he was kind of itching to get back. So a little bit, did y'all, you know, he was, um, you know, there were that I kind of, you kind of black out in some moments like that. Right. <laughs> but, um, there was just this, it was just that prevailing sense of joy, but, that I think everybody felt and and that he felt and that, you know, perhaps the gravity of the situation that this might be his last Turkey. Um, and just the words in, in his, from his book and from his audio book of just the feeling of the last one is going to be the same. And I'm I'm paraphrasing immensely, but like that feeling of the last one's going to be as good as the feeling of the second one. And to, to literally perhaps watch the last one, and have and and then to observe that his words are true mm-hmm. in his actions mm-hmm. and in his reverence for the bird and 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 then just you know it was just special for for all of us and then just you know for Keith and Kyle all the work they put into it and then mm-hmm. what a tremendous thing for for Laura to trust to trust all of us with her dad and yeah um cuz you know he as much as we may think of him she thinks more sure right sure um and so that was just intense and very, very cool. Um, where did he, um, you know, after things settled down, 
I'm assuming y'all got back to the camp and settled down and you know, that, yeah. that high has still lasted for a week and a half for, for y'all. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm what, not quite. Did he, uh, did he, did he offer any, I mean, was he talkative or quiet? I mean, I could see it going both ways, you know? No, he, he was, he was very, very talkative, but, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I can't think of any just tremendous one-liners that he had that just, that no, just, no, no. It's okay. stuck, but, but just to, but just to see the biggest thing that I saw was his countenance and just his general, like he was, he was laughing and talking on Friday, but I could, but on Saturday he was cutting up, you know, on Saturday he was, he was definitely riding that high of just, you know, there's gotta be some anxiety for him. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he's the center of the show, he's a he's a regular sure. guy like the rest of us. puts his britches yeah. on in the morning and laces his shoes up, you know. And, yep. and but then to also think about, you know, being fragile. I mean, he's aware of his is how yep. fragile he is as much or more than any of us are. There's got to be a, some anxiety going into that for him. Yeah. And just he doesn't want to let everybody down. You don't want to miss. Part of that. You don't want to. You know what I mean? All those things. Yeah. And wondering if he can still do it, and he did. And that was, that was the, that was just, you know, um, kind of like his book, the afternoon on the handles, um, you know, talking about just being handled from the other side. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of those things where it just, you know, all the planning, you know, it's kind of funny how even the God, God can get glory out of this too. It's where it's like all of Keith's planning and all of all the things that he did right. And then, in the morning they just did something else. And it what it, if if we had shot them when it was like still kind of not sunshine and not be, the way they came in where the sun was up and glowing and everything just had that iridescent yellow to it. And then the way they came down and the way that that Steven and I got to see him and Daniel and and Kyle got to see him and then they got to him. Like it was just it just felt very like this is, you know, very on purpose. And it was, that was, that was really special. Almost went but, from one of those cupcake hunts to just like, what just happened? That was definitely not us. Yeah. We're not in control. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly. That's exactly. exactly. Right. That's and, what I was just fixing to say. Yeah. And, and one of those things where, um, I, I don't feel like I fully grasped the significance of it yet. Cause man, I didn't, I didn't grow up like have my dad read 10th Legion to me. Um, and you and Trip read it every spring together, you know, and, but I feel like with each passing day, the significance in my eyes of, of what kind of took place matters a little bit more. And it's just, it's really special. And the moment that I think more than anything is just the fact that, you know, Laura hadn't turkey hunted with her dad in almost 30 years. Wow. That's as special as anything. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you want. A hundred percent. And, and so, you know, he has a, he, he talks about, you know, cuz talked about this on the fistful of dirt podcast, but yeah, there's a story that, that Tom tells about how when he used to hunt with her, she'd walk behind him and hang on to his belt loops so that, um, she didn't get lost. He said one time he was hunting and he kind of felt this tug on his belt loops and she wasn't there. And cause you know, she's gone off and gotten married and, um, and then for her to be literally sitting behind him, 
when he kills this turkey is just wow. You know, really, really cool. Yeah. And, I you know, a, I had a similar moment like that last weekend when Maddie killed her bird. Then it was just like the, you know, the, 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 you go from not thinking it could happen and it obviously doesn't matter if it happens or not. Right. But it's, it's right. the shared experience of what you're out there for. And then it happens. And then you, yeah. you just become so aware of how short time is and how precious those moments are. And I mean, whew. Yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent. He's still a dad. <laughs> exactly. You know? and, yeah, and that's and that's just incredibly special. And you know, all that to come through, where you know she's still tugging on his belt loops. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. Um, but you know, it's one of those. It's it's funny. Like, you, no, you can't. How how should I say this? No amount of words can breathe significance into the event itself. Just, yeah, it's just, um, it was excellent. I was just honored to be there to, to be trusted, to, to do something like that, but also just to sit, sit back and watch, you know, the calling was just incredible. Yeah. yeah, We hadn't talked about that. Both those boys can flat yell. Oh my (laughs) gosh. The calling was incredible. The, The timing was incredible. The, you know, just, I, you know, it's just one of those, like one of those miracle runs that sometimes teams have when it's just like destiny, everything, mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> yeah, everything runs right. And then, um, there's like this challenge at the end and then it's better than what could have happened if, if it went the way you planned it. You know? And so very fun. It's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life and, um, something that, you know, I'm just so glad that Laura had that moment with her daddy and it's huge. Yeah, really is. And, 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 and huge credit to, to Laura for, for trusting Daniel and, and Keith and all of us with her dad. I mean, that's, that was the biggest, probably one of the biggest takeaways that I took away from that weekend was that, you know, yes, he's Colonel Tom Kelly, but he's Laura's daddy. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was really cool for me. I was just fixing to say, you know, you say you may not appreciate it like other people might, you know, being that, you didn't really yeah. know about him reading the books and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, growing up, yeah. Listen to you talk about it, you appreciate it more than the listeners would. Because you got to see it you got to see it for more than it just being the author of Tenth Legion. You got to see him in his element with his daughter and to be able to share such an incredible moment, not just killing the turkey, but just everything that happened the whole weekend y'all were there, you, you can definitely, you definitely appreciate it more than anybody that wasn't there for sure. It was, it was definitely special and fun. And I I encourage y'all to, to also go listen to the the fistful of dirt podcast that cuz did with, with Daniel. Cause you know, Daniel goes into some of the other details in, in a, in a better fashion than I could. And and from his perspective, I mean, cause we, we kind of laughed about it because I had no idea sitting up in the blind with the camera that any, any of that happened, like any of the, will they, won't they, I didn't realize the turkeys didn't come from the right direction. Like, so <laughs> but Steven, and, I, and so like, as soon as the turkey hit the ground and I realized like, okay, it's time for me to get from up here. I, I don't think I've ever covered that much ground that quickly. Like I didn't fall on my face. Like that's a miracle. But like, 
you know, we're taking pictures and we think it's just like a total, like Vince Carter jump, like arm in the rim. And everyone was pumped. And then they said, yeah, man, that was a close one. I was like, what are you talking about? A close one. That was a no doubt about, you know, they're like, yeah. we'll tell you. So Jeez. it's just fun how everyone's got a little bit different, uh, mm. you know, how they say like everyone's touching a different part of the elephant. So, yeah. well, uh, I, I think I want to modify one thing you just said about the appreciation part and just say that you can only appreciate something as much as you can appreciate it. I mean, you, you can't yeah. compare yourself to somebody else, right? And yeah. so I get what you're saying, and I get what you're saying. You didn't grow up with it, but you know what? Neither did I. I met it. I, I, I read it early in life, but I didn't. It, I wasn't, you know, my dad and I introduced ourselves to turkey hunting together in 1980, uh, 1994. Right. You know? I mean, so it yeah. wasn't, it doesn't, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what your pedigree is. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, you're exactly right. I'm what, glad it does. <laughs> what, what matters is that you appreciate it and, uh, yeah. and that you can that's stand well back and, and, and respect it. And I think that's the, the message that I would give to the younger generation that's listening to this podcast and kind of, you know, there, there's like a fork in the road. Who, who is this guy? Oh, he's an old guy who wrote a book that a bunch of Turkey nerds are, you know, geeked out about like, that's a, that's an option or there's a, this is impressive. You know, look at what, look at what this guy's contributed to our sport and to the legacy of it. And really, you know, to the purity of it, to say it that way. Like, you know, cause what, cause what Tom puts forth in the book so much is just, um, his uh, appreciation for it. Yeah. But, but more, more the, the, the royalty and the, the wonder of the bird commands that sort of respect out of us. So it's not, it's not so much a book of, you know, um, you should sit and yelp this way, or you should use a box call versus a pot call, or you should, you know, it's not a, it's not a tactics book. It's more of a, it's more of a, this is an incredible creature that lives a wild life and is against all odds. Everything in the world wants to eat it before it gets to you and it deserves your respect. And so, you know, I think the kids say game recognizes game. Like, you know, <laughs> you know it's totally you're, you're going to be out on an Island. If you can't back up and look at this situation and just look at the life that Colonel Tom has led and not, yeah. not pay a lot of respect to that. Um, yeah. so anyways, then, that, yeah, no, and just to add to that, it, I think one of the reasons why 10th Legion is important is because from a historical perspective, it's, it's important for a lot of guys to realize again, the fragility of the resource, mm-hmm. the fact that Absolutely. when, I mean, so like Colonel Tom and, and, uh, and Mr. Fox were, you know, as far as we know, are some of the, the very last or only people who killed turkeys prior to the end of world war II who are still alive and still turkey hunting. I mean, Mr. Fox went turkey hunting last week. Um, and you know, that to know of the dark ages of turkey hunting, to see the boom of turkey hunting um, in the late eighties and nineties and early two thousands to see, you know, to, to seeing somewhat of a decline these days to understand like why the research is so important, like with, with Mossy Oak gamekeeper grants and, and, and other people doing research and funding research too, but the research with Dr. Chamberlain and and others of his caliber um, with LPDV and other 
other diseases and other things that are affecting turkeys because everything wants to eat a turkey. Um, they're so fragile. And it's like, Spence, you know, the first podcast I think that you and I did with Dr. Chamberlain st- sitting in the office at the vet clinic, right, mm-hmm. with dogs barking. <laughs> you know, one of the things that he was trying to um, exhort people to understand and know was that it is a miracle that this yep. – Thing. It is a miracle that you have the honor to point a barrel at something. Yeah. And, you know, there are lots of people who want to, you know, cheapen that, cheapen that. But there's also a lot of people who want to like poke fun at that, um, to poke fun at ceremony and, and just to, you know, they're purists and all this other stuff. And it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to live that way. Like I want to make it a big deal every time I see a turkey and, and, um, Every time I get to point point a gun at one, I want to I want it to feel like a big deal because it is, and um, and that's so ultimately anyway. that's the comment the the part that you paraphrased of of his book that you know when the last one comes to me you know it, it's just like the first one that came to me you know that that's exactly what Tom is saying yeah. and he was yep. he was so far ahead of the curve on exactly you know he wasn't thinking about research he wasn't thinking about fans he wasn't thinking about I mean, he wasn't yep. thinking about any of the things that we're currently thinking about. He was just yep. saying, this bird deserves your respect. You know, play yep. the game. You know, show him the kind of respect he's yep. due. In the same way yep. that you wear a collared shirt when you go play a really nice golf course. Like, you know, tuck your britches in, boy. Yeah. Your, I try. You know, Act like you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> same way you clean up your speech when you're in the presence of your grandmother or late. <laughs> I mean. Exactly. And, it's an honor and, and so, a respect thing. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what I'll, that's what I'll always carry with me from, from this experience and from, um, you know, recently have it like reading 10th Legion and, and being able to appreciate it and to see, it's very refreshing to see the person you think they are mm-hmm. be better in, in real, in real life. Yes. You know, and to live it out and to, and, you know, and, and I know he's colorful and, you know, he's got great stories and everything else like that. But, you know, this weekend was short or this, the, that weekend was short, but it was very crowded and, and, and full of wonderful things and things I'll remember for the rest of my life, for sure. Unbelievable. It really so, is neat. And it's, uh, I think it's one of my favorite things about turkey hunting is that there are, um, it is kind of a cult as as colonel tom said you know it's a and there's lots of divisions and everybody's got opinions and tactics and all that but there's sort of a there's an intimacy to the where you stand on all that that doesn't exist in in honker hunting (laughs) you know or duck hunting i mean there's some tradition there but yeah um i think that's really cool and um I, f- I forget what Rolling Thunder episode it was, but it was basically, I remember the life is good thing on the back of the Jeep, you and Tripp were walking and yeah. talking about, talking about the departure from the chaos and the excitement and the rowdiness and just the wonderfulness that is duck season. But there's something different. And like you said, you know, the Lord doesn't make us choose whether we like ducks or turkeys more, but there's, there's something, something- for sure. Uniquely special about intimate gatherings and um, the quality of interactions that you get with, with people and with, with nature that you get in um, 
turkey season that I don't feel like you quite get the same way out of duck season, and that's okay. 100%. But it's just different. It is different. Um, it is. It's different. a. It's a. It's a. It's a quality. Yep. Interaction and really, what I was trying to draw attention to there is that's just one of those things that I really love about it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. One of a, the things. It's not a. This is better than that, or this is worse. Hundred percent. It's just like, let's just take a second and go. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and then and then when November rolls around, <laughs> that's right. Talking that's about right. how incredible that is. That's and, right. And, and so that's just it's just fun, but it it's it never. It, I hope it never ceases to amaze us how much of a privilege it is to be able to witness firsthand the intricacies of God's creation, whether it's, whether it's the migration of waterfowl a couple thousand miles or whether it's, you know, the good Lord serving up a gobbler to Colonel Tom, you know, the way he did. I mean, it just, it, 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 um, you told me the first time we talked about this on the telephone that, you just felt small and, and it's true. I mean, and that's, I think that's one of the coolest things about doing this stuff outside that we do is like, you just every now and then you take a deep breath and realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. They were there before you. They're going to be there after you. And, and you're, you're just a, you're, you're part of the, you're part of the game and you're a part of it, but it's not, it's not about you. (laughs) Right. You know, no, Um, it's not. And, and it's not about Colonel Tom, you know what I mean? It's it's about it's about all of us, you know, in this thing together. And and there's a there's a glory in that that as sportsmen we get to share in that, you know, sadly, the civilized rest of the world doesn't get to participate in. Yeah, yeah, that's the fine line. Hmm. Well. Um, Thanks for a great story. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah I appreciate y'all having me on. And, um, you know, like I said, go listen to Daniel's account of it. And um, just, it's just, it's awesome. And, and Cuz has some has some good perspectives because they've hunted together over the years too. And, um, yeah, what a, what a treat. I no mean, doubt. I would strongly recommend what we said in the beginning. If you're listening to this and you're kind of have this like little – guilty feeling like you did in church youth camp because you haven't <laughs> read your Bible enough and you haven't read <laughs> Colonel Tom's 10th Legion. It's about $10 on the internet yep. to get an audio copy yep. and it's a Dropbox download mm-hmm. that then you can save on your phone and you can play chapter by chapter and it is fantastic and you should enjoy it. It's It's not riveting. It's not going to entertain you but if you have an appreciation and a love for the wild turkey, it needs to be a part of your annual digestion of reading. 100%. Absolutely, it does. 100%. Uh-oh. And call your grandparents. Yeah. Gosh, no kidding. No kidding. If you haven't, call them. So, um, well, thanks, Rob, for your time. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Thank you. We're really proud of you. And uh, I thought Riley said it best the other day. He said, Rob just doesn't miss. And I thought, Rob, that's <laughs> deep, deep waters coming out of those shallow streams there. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are very kind. I'm, I'm obviously still a, a big cheerleader for y'all and excited for everything that's going on at Rolling Thunder. It just seems like the sky's the limit as far as, you know, man, seeing new CNC machines come in and, I was just, just fixing to say the same thing about you, that we're going to keep being your biggest fan. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I hope to see you all soon down here, if, if not sooner up there. Yeah, it won't be too long. So, 
That's right. Yeah, the best thing I got going up here is you're you've got kids and you got grandparents up here. So um I know sooner or later you'll have to come through. So That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for listening and uh Rob, thanks so much for joining us for your time and please thank whoever the I'm sure you have about a hundred bosses at Mossy Oak. So make sure to thank all of them for uh donating your time to us here for an hour and Absolutely. Uh, we we really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Absolutely. So. We'll catch you. Real quick. Go ahead. Can I can yeah. I derail your beautiful exit? Yes, you may. Only, only if you'll now do the exit after this is over. Go ahead. No, no, no. You can just play the rewind sound and then be like, one more thing, one more thing. Um, <laughs> the Low Country Gamebird Foundation yeah. is raffling off a shotgun yep. that will go um, with Rob Roberts and a couple other folks, and they'll be uh, supporting the gamekeeper grant fund yep. um it, th- that'll be coming soon but that's something that y'all are involved in it's a benelli it's sb328 gauge it's unbelievable i was just fixing to say it's not just any gun it's one of the baddest shotguns i've ever seen in my life yeah it, it's pretty awesome it's, it's and, custom and daniel killed a turkey with it yeah to and my daniel knowledge it's only been fired one time <sighs> outside it, it, only one time in anger it's been pattern tested so she's good oh, to go that's true. okay all right <laughs> but Fair enough. but it's only been fired one time in anger because uh daniel left his gun and we went well we got this one. And killed one uh at a place where Tombo and 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 uh Toxie had killed one many years before on the same dirt. So that's real special. Anyway, y'all don't have to use that, but I just figured I'd be remiss. No, you are absolutely okay. right. People need to go buy so, a ticket for the twenty eight gauge and I don't remember exactly how that works, but so it hasn't a, been, it depends ahead. on when y'all launch it, but just go to the Low Country Gamebird Foundation's website. Right. You'll be able to find all the details there. Right, right. But it is a beautiful gun and all the money from the proceeds. Benelli donated it. Yep. And then and then Rob Roberts donated his work. And so everybody has pitched in and all yeah, the money awesome. that's going to be raised to, you know, try for the chances to win this gun are going straight to the Gamebird Foundation. And that money is all being funneled straight into the Gamekeepers Grant and, um, just while we're on that note, you know, it was really cool at the Invitational to be able to hear from Dr. Chamberlain and from um, Jay Cantrell and several others just how yeah. effective those undesignated funds are that um, groups like the Game Bird Foundation and TFC yep. and the Rolling Thunder Calls for Conservation and yep. several other, you know, I don't know which agencies or initiatives have been able yeah. to generate. I mean, Right now, there are two additional staff members working on projects yeah. under Dr. Chamberlain's yeah. um, tutelage, grad assistants that that are fully funded by you know the the efforts of kind of Mossy Oak and those that the combination of groups that I just mentioned over the last year and a half. Yeah, so. and it's and it's huge. And and just to add one more little thing to that, it's you know the hardest part about some of this this funding process that the the researchers and professors get from the schools as they're done like a year out. So there's all sorts of un unanticipated, unable to plan for costs that allow sure. you. So basically, the thought is, hey, how can we take research that would take five years to be done and let's let's make it happen in three. Let's yeah. make it happen in two and a half. Like you know, or even see if we should still be doing the research. So those are, so negative assurance is still a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, not finding an answer is also finding an answer. So, you know, that from the vet world. Um, So anyway, I love y'all. It's good to hear from you. I'm sorry to, uh, Nope, nope. take us home, Rob. It's the the wrap-ups on you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. (laughs) We'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) That's right.
Hey, all this is Spence and Frawley, and just wanted to say thank you for listening to another episode of our podcast. We really, really enjoy producing this podcast and would be really grateful if wherever you get your podcasts, if you would subscribe to the Rolling Thunder podcast and give us a five-star rating. Somehow, apparently, out there in internet la-la media land, (laughs) that helps our podcast to be found by other people like you. So, we just want you to know we appreciate you listening, and we'd like to ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star review and keep on listening. And unfortunately, recording podcasts don't pay the bills, so we just do this for fun and for y'all, and we want it to grow as bad as y'all want it to grow, so... We could really use your help in doing that. Share it with a friend. Yes, right. We appreciate y'all stopping by again. Thanks for listening.